Ogumbawale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, 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 Locked On Women's Basketball fans. Lindsay Gibbs here. Um, having just a great morning the day after game five of the WNBA semifinals. The finals are set between the Las Vegas Aces and the Seattle Storm, number one versus number two. Very normal, but very not normal in the way we went about it. Not even a little bit. That voice you're hearing is Matt Ellendock. Um, I had to bring him back. Of course, the author of the Here's Basketball newsletter on Substack. Um, I'm the author of the Power Plays newsletter on Substack, and that's that we'll we'll try and not do any more self promotion until the end here. How about that, Matt? Because we've just got a lot of basketball to talk about. Let's do it. I'll I'll shut up and start talking about the basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you were you were really dragging us on there. You were really. Uh... <laughs> so game five. The um, Las Vegas Aces defeated the Connecticut Sun 66 to 63. Um, Asia Wilson, the high score on the Aces with 23 points, 11 rebounds, four assists. Um, a lot to talk about with her performance. We also had a good, another great Angel McCautry game, 20 points from her. Um, and then on the Sun, once again, leading the way was Alyssa Thomas with 22 points and 10 rebounds, and Dewana Bonner, 15 points, 8 boards. But that goes nowhere near summing this up. Matt, um, was this a pretty basketball game? <laughs> okay, listen, hear me out here. I love both of these teams. I love this league. What a vile 40 minutes of basketball. <laughs> I mean, that... that I think you always kind of expect like the closeout games to be really sloppy like that, but that was like a whole other level. It was next level. Um, so we had <laughs> thir- the um, Sun shot 36.6% for the game and the Aces shot 35.5% for the game. <laughs> so yeah, I was confused. Like were they, did they know that like highest score wins? No, I think no. they thought like most like, knockovers wins yeah, <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> oh gosh okay so where to even start we want to make sure we um you know let, you know, let's start with a losing team because uh, you know we're gonna move on we're not gonna talk about the sun much more after after this but what stood like for me it was their once again, their unreliability from outside and their desire to keep trying from the outside. And this has been kind of a problem with them all year long. Um, You know, so they were three of 19 from the three-point land and Vegas, who doesn't try as many threes, was three of nine, you know, which is a much better percentage, much more efficient um, stuff we're dealing with. So, you know, in particular, what stands out looking at this box score is Jasmine Thomas, 0 of 7 <laughs> from outside, and Breon January, 1 for 5. 
Um, how do you think outside shooting um, played a role? Was this fatigue? Was this a bad game plan? Were they scared of going inside to Angel? What happened? I don't know. I feel like Connecticut got a handful of really good looks that they just honestly didn't knock down. And I'm sure Connecticut would trade one of those 900 Jasmine Thomas threes from the 25-point blowout game. Uh, just to win this one uh just a really weird like hot cold shooting stretch for her which uh you know was really i guess disappointing because she just couldn't buy a bucket all night jasmine thomas and uh vegas left her open um she just couldn't hit him which sucks because she honestly i mean i think she played really well for most of this series and defensively she was awesome uh just couldn't buy one and one of them would have put it into overtime yeah, and I mean, it stuck out. I feel like, you know, if you look at free throw attempts, look, Aces, the Aces are a team that, I mean, the best team in the league at drawing fouls, you know, they're just good at it. But Connecticut's usually not that poor at it, you know? Yep. And it just felt to me that they were relying on these outside shots too much. You know, they were eight of nine from the line and um, the Aces were 19 of 22. And that's, I mean, yep. well, this, is, this was a three-point game. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, um, yeah. listen, Asia Wilson's getting those calls. If anything, my favorite part about Asia Wilson's game is she's really learned how to draw contact and sell fouls. And that's, you know, that's, that's how you become an MVP in part. Yeah, but it's not like that's, it's not like Alyssa Thomas is usually bad at that, but she was, she got no. zero calls. <laughs> she was zero of zero from the free throw line. Which it, is... Listen, just refer to Christy Tolliver's timeline, Ari uh, refs. Uh, if you saw her tweets from last night. I didn't. I didn't. I missed Did you see it. her tweets? I didn't. No, tell me about them. Oh, she told me. She's, she said something along the lines of like, I shouldn't be online tonight. Like, I can't do it. And then like five seconds later, she's like, okay, these reps, I can't do it. It was wonderful. <laughs> Of course, we know Christy Tolliver loves her Terps um, and Alyssa Thomas and um, Bree Jones, who was a big factor in this game and in this series. I think Jasmine Thomas said after the game, you know, that Bree really showed that there's a place for this kind of back to the basket center um, in the game still. And I would agree. I don't, I don't think that that's going to be the um, – you know, the superstar on your team anymore, but I think it can be super effective, especially, I'm sorry, if you shoot more than three of 10, which is what Bree Jones was averaging on this night. What do you think? Yeah, disappointing night um, for her shooting the ball too. But again, yeah, Bree Jones is probably the player on this team at the beginning of the season who I was like, eh, like, no John Quill, like that, she's going to play major minutes. Like, I don't know how that's going to work out for Connecticut, but she had a really good season. And I thought that she defended really well in this series too, uh, especially in the first few games. Uh, like her and Beatrice Mob Premier were really helping lock down like Dierica Hamby and Angel McCautry at the rim. Um, like I just, I have nothing bad to say about Connecticut. Like they just really, this again, game five, complete slob fest, but they had a really great series and proved that like they're like when John Quill comes back, they're going to be awesome. They're going to be awesome. My last comment on this 
as you said, no disrespect here. I mean, this team is dangerous and could have easily advanced had things gone a little bit different. You know, I think sometimes we tend to overanalyze these game fives, right? Totally, totally. uh, You know, it's so easy. Although it is worth noting that this is two seasons in a row where they've lost a significant game five that they were leading at the half. So, you know, Hopefully that doesn't become a um, thing for them, but it's hard to look too much into because the Mystics were just the better team than them last year. Like that's just hundred percent. Yeah. That's just how that was. And you know, this, this season was just such a slugfest and this game was such a slugfest. Um, But I would say I'm a little bit surprised looking at this box score that the two rookies that um, Kurt Miller came to rely on um, a lot throughout the season and Beatrice Montpernier and Kyla Charles have both had some good moments in this series. Yep. And they were barely on the floor. He went with that's like Essence Carson instead. So, you know, there's, there's always questions. Any last thoughts on the sun before we move on? I did not disrespect them. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we, all, we are all traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> By the thought of anyone suggesting that we ever disrespect the Connecticut sun. All right, coming up, we're going to dive into the winning team, the Las Vegas Aces, talk a little bit about how they might match up with Seattle, and then uh, we've got some uh, thoughts on some defensive awards. Just a few. All right, friends, I don't know if you were like me and you were still trying to do you the best you can and stay in your house for quarantine because this pandemic, it is continuing. So for me, DoorDash has been a lifesaver. <laughs> uh, DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. I can do it. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and the food can be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting, which is pretty much my dream, not having to talk to another human being, but getting food. Um, Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery, so you can still support local, which is phenomenal. Um, Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Remember, we're still part of the NBA group here. So we, this is the code locked on NBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. All right, Lindsay Gibbs back here with Matt Ellentuck of Here's Basketball Newsletter, which has been keeping me entertained all playoffs and up to date. Um, so it was an ugly game, yes, but there was a winner the Las Vegas Aces. What? (laughs) Do you even have any takeaways? Like, okay, let's just briefly, I'm going to go over this box score. We had um, 66 points from the starters and zero from the bench. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, and this is like the historic bench that had two players in double figure scoring throughout the regular season yeah and of course there's caveats right like um obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah obviously Derrick Hamby out with injury which is just awful I hate to see that Me too. um she's one of my favorites she's the best and you know he Danielle Robinson has moved to the starting lineup and it seems like Lindsay Allen has been moved to the doghouse so yep. you don't have 
<laughs> you don't have Danielle Robinson coming off the bench with that spark. She's, uh, you know, leading the team. But um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about these bench decisions um, and the bench play that I think they're going to need in order to go forward. But what about the chemistry that this group has discovered? Um, you know, the obvious places, we're not going to start with the obvious places. I'm going to ask you about Danielle Robinson. Yeah, I, honestly, I've loved watching Danielle Robinson run Vegas's offense. She's really, really quick. She's able to grab boards and just get this team running the other way in seconds. And I think that's really crucial to their success because um, they are just a team of really fast players who are quick decision makers and they like to take the ball to the rim and that's sort of her staple. Um, so I definitely see why Bill put her in the starting lineup. She didn't have a great shooting night, but even still just her as the point guard is, it seems to work. They all seem to click when, when she's out there. Yeah, I think it was game four where we saw her ability to really attack the basket coming in handy and just kind of like weave in and out. And, you know, that's their style. That's what they love. So it, it is fun. She doesn't have a lot more size than Lindsay Allen, but a little more size. And I think that helps them too. Um, and, um, but look, Asia Wilson, 11 points in the fourth quarter. She played all 40 minutes of this game. As you mentioned earlier, it's really, she was only one of four from the field, but nine of 10 from the free throw line <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Did you guys hear that? Nine of 10 from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. That's how she scored nine of her 11 fourth quarter points. And that was all of her free throws for the game, right? All in the fourth quarter? You might be right. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go back and check that. I think me, so. Yes, she me, shot nine of ten for the game. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's incredible. Like when the game was on the line, it was your MVP. Um, which, you know, makes sense. What um what what growth have, have we seen from her? What what are your thoughts on Asia Wilson and mainly how she's going to match up in this next series against, uh, you know, Rihanna Stewart. Yeah. Listen, she was a superstar all series um, for Vegas and she's been a superstar all year for them. Well, Connecticut's game plan was mostly for them to shut down Derek Hamby, uh, try to contain Angel McCautry and to let Asia beat them. You know, they didn't have all the personnel to contain all three, but they mostly put Alyssa Thomas on Hamby and Bonner on McCautry, which I thought was an interesting decision because Kurt Miller kind of played the, eh, like, let's see if Asia can beat us. And Asia beat them um, a couple really? of times. That's a weird gamble to make. Uh, listen, you had to make a choice on one of them. Um, I think his, his, probably his thought process was that the other two are better playmakers and Asia's a uh, better pure scorer. So let her score and let's cut off the other heads. But uh, like Asia was dominant. Asia was really good. Um, she was really efficient in the mid range and she was really good at getting to the free throw line. And that's sort of how she became MVP. And uh, she's really, 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 really proven herself because last year's playoffs against the Mystics, I mean, Washington basically played her out of that series and now she's taking the lead for Vegas. So I've been super impressed by her. I think the next round, she's got a whole other <laughs> defense to go against i think it's been a tough one against uh connecticut's bigs and seattle's bigs are maybe even a step above them so uh it's going to be super tough they're probably going to uh contest her shots a lot better than connecticut did uh their brianna stewart is bigger 
maybe even quicker than Alyssa Thomas. So uh, it's going to be a battle. But listen, I don't know. Weird things can happen. I don't think Vegas has no chance in this series. I don't either. I mean, the, the thing that I think is promising if you're an Aces fan could be frustrating also, but is that looking at this roster now, even without Hamby, there are places in here for them to improve, right? Like there are places for them with this personnel to get better for the next series if things, you know, c- can click. Um, you know, Carolyn Swords is really finding her. Um, she had a great game five. Herself. She had a great game five. And, you know, I was talking bad about Brianna Jones's shooting percentage, but a lot of that was because of Carolyn Swords, you know? And having that size in can, can um, certainly help. If Kayla McBride finds her shot, um, which has, she's been struggling with all season, that could be a game changer. Yep, I agree. Um, and then let's look at this bench. Let's look at what we're dealing with. Um, Jackie Young, who has had a good season. I know, I know. I hate that her game five wasn't really great and that she sort of didn't play that much the game before either because all year I've been like, biting my tongue because Jackie Young had a really good year. Really good year. Really and good year. They have no chance against Seattle if this Jackie Young shows up. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, to me, she's the key to the series. Like, that, you know, that might sound weird, but they needed that, you know, Dierica Hamby was such a crucial point person coming off the bench for them. And now Jackie Young needs to be that. Yeah, which – Listen, big ask for a second-year guard, but she's going to have to step up. I think she's going to get really uh, thrown into the fire against the Seattle team. But, uh, I mean, like, listen, Jackie's tough. She's strong. I think she's going to need to take advantage of those matchups she's going to have against Jordan Canada as just the bigger guard. And let's see what happens. Yeah, all right. I have a couple more questions about the Aces coming up, including who is Emma Cannon? wanted to tell you all remind you all about my favorite protein bar ever the built bar is the best tasting protein bar um there are 18 amazing flavors including six new flavors which look i have to say i was checking out um my friend gabe ibrahim on the monday podcast and he pronounced cherry barcia cherry barsha so i have to just say gabe what are you doing it's clearly Cherry Barcia is the, is the flavor. Um, lemon almond cheesecake is another great flavor. But the key is that, you know, um, let's talk about that Cherry Barcia. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. And you might be able to get a free cooler while supplies last. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your next order. Promo code locked on, $10 off your next order. Go quickly. We've got WNBA finals, we've got NBA finals. Nobody has time for cooking. <laughs> it's just basketball. Okay, Matt, um, another name on the uh, Aces bench is Emma Cannon and Emma was signed right b- 
before the playoffs. Like, yes. I didn't really know we could still be signing players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been making up rules as we go along in this bubble anyway. You know. And she played eight minutes and 29 seconds. Those are significant minutes in a playoff. Yeah. Go off, Emma. Do you know anything about her? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, listen, I don't know a whole ton. I think Vegas has been playing that rolling door of, like, let's see if we can find a backup big. And I, I think she's okay. I mean, I don't have anything notable, but uh, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, look, she got, she got in there. She um, was able to, you know, absorb some fouls, which is always important from a backup big. Um, yeah. I remember, right, did she draw a charge? Was it her that drew a charge? I on, think she I drew think a charge. She also grabbed an offensive rebound, which are always key. She did at one point hawk up a three randomly, which I don't think is uh, <laughs> the game plan. <laughs> Listen, get ambitious, Emma. Take those precious minutes and shine. Mm-mm. That led to a very quick Alyssa Thomas basket on the other side, if I'm remembering correctly. So maybe, okay, okay. Maybe not so much. But, um, you know, I, I guess my reason for bringing this up is I have a little bit of questions about how Vegas has kind of – been bringing these bigs in and out of their system all season. They've been signing and not signing. They've had Sierra um, Burdick, I think is how you say it, um, on their team um, for months now, and she never plays. And that was another kind of chance. And look, ultimately you're seeing that, that kind of indecision on who should fill that spot coming back to bite them a little bit because Dierka Hamby got injured, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously they couldn't predict that, but... No, but they were clearly looking for that spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wonder, too, like, we never really got that much clarity on, like, who's even available? Like, how many players could they even bring in who wanted to come to the bubble, who's been, like, waiting in the, like, please sign me, I've been in the bubble <laughs> and I'm bored house? Like, I don't know. Um, but listen, Cannon, Cannon's a fine player. She's getting minutes. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's a terrible, terrible decision. I just do think, you know, you get your rotation really tight and then all of a sudden, um, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. You really do need that bench and, you know. Yep. No, it is worrisome though because Seattle's deep. They're a deep, 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 deep team. Yeah, although we should note missing Sammy Whitcomb who was part of their game-winning play in uh, game really one of that too. semifinal series. Um, when she dove to the basket and then Alicia Clark grabbed that rebound to get the game winner. And, but Sammy's wife is having a baby. So we, we are all that. in support of players prioritizing being there for the birth of their children. <laughs> that is the official stance of the Wednesday Locked On WNBA podcast. Look, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about this Aces uh, Storm series. It's notable that the Aces won their two regular season meetings. Um, although I know at least one of them did not have Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart, who are, you know, I hear minorly important. Heard of them. Any, any quick predictions before I ask you some questions about defensive awards? Um, I'm going to pick the Storm to win the series. I don't know if they sweep. Uh, maybe it's over in four. I think that's my guess. Yeah. Um, but and, and there would literally be no slight to Vegas here who they're now missing – Cambage, Plum, and Hamby, three of their best five players. So 
uh, listen, Seattle's been, I don't, don't want to jinx them, but they've been super lucky uh, health-wise. Um, they've got everybody back now, and they had everybody at the start of the bubble. So they should win. They're expected to win. They should win. They're expected to win. And I'm going to say it again, unless um, this series, is, it's going to hinge a lot on the Irish, the Notre Dame crew for both teams. Can Jewel Lloyd keep being the offensive force of nature that she has been these playoffs for the storm. She's been their leading scorer. Um, And can Kayla McBride find her shot on the um, aces? And then can Jackie Young become the sixth woman that they need, bring them double digits off the bench. Let's ask Muffet. Let's ask Muffet. So how do you like that? Do you like how I sum that up? That was good. Proud of you. Look at you that. Know, brought it all together. Brought <laughs> it all together. Um, we, we have one more thing we need to talk about. So uh, Yeah, what's that thing? The two, the two <laughs> teams came out. First team all defense, second team all defense. Um, and I would say a lot of names I expected to be on there were, were on there. Alicia Clark was the only unanimous vote getter, um, which, you know, all for Alicia Clark. She's going to be a huge factor in this final series. Um, but Matt, what, what game was missing? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think I'm still like overwhelmed by what the hell happened. But uh, Candace Parker, who was named Defensive Player of the Year by media, by us, we picked her. Um, well, not me. I don't have a vote. So I just would like to, 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 to say that nobody get mad. Well, that's trash. You should also have a vote. <laughs> but uh, I also did not pick her for uh, clarity's sake here. But media picked Candace Parker and coaches did not pick her for the first team or the second team. Uh, so I guess that they don't even think she's the seventh best forward or center defender uh, in the league, which is crazy. It has never happened in NBA history. It has never happened in WNBA history that a defensive player of the year didn't make one of the all defensive teams. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have, I did not think Candace player was the defensive player of the year either. Um, I might have even, you know, I didn't do too much um, of studying, but I think I would have, to me, the player who just, the the defense that Brianna Turner played without um, once um, Griner left was some of the most stunning defense I've ever seen from a second year player on the yep. inside. Um, and, you know, she did make first team um, all defense and, you know, that, that might've been my vote. Alicia Clark certainly would have gotten a lot more um, looks too. And I think a lot of this comes down to what you value, right? I think, you know, me, us media members, and I'll include myself in this at times, can get caught looking at the stats and looking at the rebounds and looking at the steals and looking at things like that. Um, and, you know, any coach you talk to, any player, and the coaches are the ones who voted on this defensive all team. Um, so they will all tell you that it's not, you know, that that's not nearly all there is to it. It's who's picking up full court, who's the switches. 
Is there a big that can guard guards, you know, that can always guard the best players every single night on a night in night out basis. And, you know, who's getting the deflections, um, you know, who it's just, those are the things that the coaches I think know more than the media members. Uh, I definitely would agree with that. Um, Listen, I, did, I didn't have Candace Parker as my defensive player of the year. I'm not sure if I even would have put her second. I was deciding between – I had I picked Alyssa Thomas, and I had Brianna Stewart, um, who I was debating with um, for that award too. But we got to start talking about a little trend we got going on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, there, there, are multiple, there, there are levels to this. I think Candace Parker is a really good defensive player. I think she's a player that also gets caught uh, with some plays that she just takes off. And sometimes we harp on those plays because they're very noticeable. Um, but she is still, like you were talking about, she is a forward, a 6'4 forward who can also defend guards. She can defend anyone on the court at any time, which is really rare. There are only a handful of players in the league who can do that. So for that alone, and the fact that she does that pretty well, it should have put her on a team. Even if it wasn't the first team, she probably should have at least made second team. Um, and but here's the trend we got going on now because this was a coaches award so coaches uh, i talked to the league and the league would not give me how many votes they they that candace got she didn't get no votes she got votes i got that out of them Um, but they didn't tell me how many votes and i think the lowest vote getter was asia wilson who had three first first place votes and two second place votes so candace got less than that um and we got to bring up last year, the Athletic did a poll with two-thirds of the league. And anonymously, they placed Candace Parker as the most overrated player in the league. I think, I think 20.5% was the number that picked her as their uh, most overrated. So if the players think she's overrated, the coaches didn't pick her for an all-defensive team after being defensive player of the year. What's going on with the league versus Candace Parker? I think that's a very legitimate question we can ask right now because clearly she's she might be getting the disrespect. She, there seems to be some haterade going around, <laughs> and um, to to make things even more intriguing, Candace Parker is a free agent. So. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about her fitting in in Chicago, which is, of course, you know. I think her hometown or, you know, definitely where she grew up. God, what a good fit she would be in Chicago. Oh, I'd love that. I think also been thinking a lot about Atlanta where the TNT studios are, you know, which is her, her second job. And um, there, I could also see her fitting in well there. So uh, listen, I'm very curious to see who's making real bids for Candace Parker in the off season. I think that might tell you who does think she's overrated. And also uh, <laughs> my guess is there's some coaches who don't think she's quite as overrated when they get a chance to have her on their team. Yeah. Something tells me when they start taking some off season pitches, they're like, Oh, uh, Candace, you totally should have been on that all defensive yeah. <laughs> team. So weird. Oh my God. I, I voted for you. I voted for you. She's going to hear uh, from every coach in the league saying they actually voted for her. And she's going to, mm-hmm. <laughs> She's going like, to be asking to see some ballots. Like. Listen, I love it. I personally, I, I would love it if Candace like embraced this and she like embraced this role as like the player everyone hates. And she goes out and kicks ass next year because this year's Candace well, she Parker. Did that this year. She, this year's Candace Parker was awesome. 
absolutely awesome. And if next year's Candace Parker can feed off all of this negative coaches voting energy, sign me up. I don't even care where she is. Um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, we, we already saw her in another gear this year. And I think, I do think she was fueled by the overrated comments. <laughs> I do think I, she saw that. Do it, whatever works. I love it. You know, disrespect the name yeah. of the game. All right, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Everyone remember to tune in to Thursday's Locked on Women's Basketball podcast. Eric Ayala um, going back over the social justice issues and um, sure doing a little bit of finals previewing. I, for one, am very glad that the finals start on Friday and not Thursday. <laughs> I was really afraid they were going to start on Thursday. So we get an extra night off. We love that. We, we love that. Um, we are as excited as Jamal Murray was disappointed when he found out he only had one day off <laughs> in that series. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, join us back here. Howard Magda will be there on Friday for the interview. And um, Gabe and Amy will have you covered on Wednesday with a, or on Monday, excuse me, with a full wrap up of the weekend's action.